Hello, welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I am the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. You can read all of my written work there at that website, Quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. I have over 3,700 written reviews, and you can read them anytime at that website. Today, I'm going to be looking at Where to Invade Next. It's a documentary. It stars and is directed by Michael Moore. Those of you who have watched any of Michael Moore's films in the past know that he is a liberal who is making films, and he definitely skews pretty much all his films from that point of view. I guess I should say now, before we get into the review, that I don't review films based on whether they conform to my personal political outlook. I don't give four stars because I agree with it wholeheartedly. I don't give one star because I disagree with it wholeheartedly. I basically look at the film and say, how entertaining is this? How informative is this? How much, even if I didn't agree with it, did it make me think? Did it give me something new to mull over? Did it inform me on anything I didn't know before? Those are kind of my benchmarks as far as how I treat documentaries that have a lot of political leaning in it, whether it's conservative or liberal or somewhere in between. So with that in mind, I will say uh, generally I like Michael Moore's films because they do have a lot of good humor in them. I think they're packaged together in a very thoughtful way. And I do think that when it's all said and done, whether you agree with it or disagree with it, it definitely gives you a lot of interesting things to think about and talk about and definitely puts things into the public discussion that may not have otherwise been there had there not been a high profile film about them. Where to Invade Next is an R-rated film. It does have some language in it. It has some violent imagery in there. Michael Moore says that that violent imagery comes from the actual news report, so it shouldn't be an R-rated film. There is some drug content within the course of the film because there is some drug discussion and some brief graphic nudity, although it is not sexy at all. It just happens to be <laughs> some people going into a spa. I guess some people consider that R-rated material. It's an hour and 59 minutes, and Michael Moore is the main star of the film. There's a lot of appearances, not from celebrities, but uh, people from other countries that he has deemed to interview, including uh, the president of Norway and, and other people. This is Michael Moore's first film in over six years, and he's back in fine form and crafting yet another entertaining, left-leaning, satirical think piece, and it suggests that there are better reasons to go to war than for enriching the corporate infrastructure that really controls the interests of the U.S. government. The basic premise involves Michael Moore invading, so-called invading anyway, other countries, not for oil or to prop up our own dictators, but to steal away their ideas that he feels would actually benefit his native United States to be the kind of society that could only exist in his most idealistic of dreams if we were to implement them. Moore travels from Italy to Iceland to Tunisia and several other countries and looks at such things as their educational system, the government structure, the fight for gender equality, the prison systems, and the treatment of the everyday workers and suggests that many of the ills of our own country, and by our own meaning the United States, which is where I am from, we could benefit from the examples that are set by other countries too, because they are seemingly doing the opposite of how we do things in the United States currently and, and have managed to achieve much better results from them. Michael Moore starts off by suggesting that we could do better with our money than to keep funding wars that we get little benefit from, you know, starting with Korea all the way up through Afghanistan. 
And a great deal of our tax dollars go not to better the lives of our own people within our own society, but to either continue to feed the military-industrial complex that are leading such wars or for reasons that make less and less sense as these wars have raged on. The gist of where to invade next is as an examination of how other countries have put the needs of its citizens first and have benefited from enacting laws to help the middle and lower classes in terms of education, health care, and greater emphasis on rest and relaxation in the middle of their work day or their work year. More lets the people of these other countries describe their own experiences within the course of their day-to-day activities, how it has helped them to be better and more productive people, and then at the end of listening to them, he ends up planting the American flag as a sign of conquest that suggests that he's going to steal the resources of these ideas to bring back and make his own country stronger through trying to solve issues of such things as severe wealth inequality and violent crimes and diminishing quality of life. As compared to some of his other works, Where to Invade Next is a little more on the light and playful side. It tries to find the positivity in what Michael Moore's finding around the world. As he says in the film, he's going to pick the flowers and not the weeds. And he hopes that we, as the viewers, can be enlightened to different ways of thinking about things when we contrast it to our own system of government and business and all of the other things that we do within the course of our own existence as a society. Moore suggests that having a happier and healthier populace is what makes societies thrive, businesses grow, and the social ills diminish. By doing for others within our society, we can be great as a whole rather than just working for those at the top of the corporate ladder to amass more wealth at the expense of those who struggle to survive down below. In places like Italy and Germany, who have very strong unions, and who make sure that the working class is well taken care of, such as lots of vacation time, longer lunch breaks, more involvement in the decision-making of the company, there may be less profit for those in upper management, but the businesses are doing very well, and no one who works for the company needs to get a second or third job in order to hope to scrape by. It also makes for a more harmonious working environment where those who make the decisions work closely with those who are doing most of the work, even including them in the ideas process and how they can improve efficiency within the company, and that ultimately makes for a more sustainable business. Meanwhile, there's the educational systems in other countries. In France, there's a great emphasis on nutrition and quality of food for the children, and that makes for a healthier environment for education instead of one in which serves foods that make the kids feel bad, greasy and fatty foods and sugary soft drinks where they can't even pay attention in class. It also looks at the teaching of proper contraception within France's schools, showing that it is far more effective than just expecting abstinence in kids in terms of reducing such things as teen pregnancy and sexually transmitted diseases because the kids are actually educated and have access to contraception of some sort. Whereas schools often in the United States don't tell kids about how to engage in safer sex and also don't really have much education in terms of how to avoid these STDs and pregnancies. In Slovenia, their educational system has free education for all of its people and even those from other countries who come to Slovenia are offered that free education, including those from the United States. They get a better quality education than they could possibly afford back home. 
In Finland, they've shot from a middling educational system in terms of uh, the civilized world to one of the world's best by making sure that every school meets up to the same standards, reducing the hours kids spend in the classroom and offering less emphasis on standardized multiple choice testing and also making sure the students feel happy and healthy at all times. Perhaps the most progressive ideas, they abolish most of the homework that keeps kids from being able to enjoy that all-important quality time with their family, their friends, and their own personal pursuits. If there are downsides to the film, other than the fact that it never really shows many of the ills that also exist in these other countries, it's really that which all Michael Moore films suffer from, which is the distorted partiality of it all. Michael Moore is going to show you all of the things that will make his points. He's going to show you none of the things that detract from them, of course. And it's kind of propagandized, I guess, in terms of the way that it plays out. And it's not really documentarian, but... On the other side, very few filmmakers can make a narrative out of real issues that play with as much humor and pathos and thoughtfulness as Michael Moore. Where to Invade Next may not convert conservatives to his cause, but for those who generally agree with Moore's ideology, or at least have an open mind to at least listen to what Moore has to say, this is a very engaging and entertaining film, regardless of the manipulation that may be existent in the presentation. Now, Moore is not a newsman, to be sure. He's a seller of his own ideas and his own ideology, and one that is sold on the notion of trying to make America a better place, at least as he sees it, something that one can sense is very near and dear to his heart, regardless of whether you love or loathe his points of view. Michael Moore fights for the little guy rather than the fat cat, so it's hard not to take his side unless you're a fat cat yourself or a staunch believer that the value of one's existence is solely determined by one's ability to accumulate as much as possible for oneself wealth-wise before we die. Now, staunch conservatives will likely walk out of the film at some point, such as Moore's somewhat incendiary assertion that the drug war is merely a means for white people to continue to enslave the black population and to take away their voting rights in the South, or suggesting that we should give murderers and rapists all of the amenities of a luxury hotel during their incarceration because that is much more rehabilitative than in their punishment, or in extolling the virtues of abortion in such places as Tunisia as something that we should admire. I suppose it would go without saying that those who know Michael Moore's political ideology, that he's mostly out to preach to the choir here. It's something that even he knows because there's a definite streak within Where to Invade Next that is directly telling us in the viewing audience that we can affect great social and governmental change if we chose to fight for what we believe are our rights. It's not really an invasion, which is done tongue-in-cheek, but rather it's a one-man call to arms to the working class and the poor to rise up and fight for what's right within our own country, where such ideas have, at one time or another, not been so strange to the way that we do business nowadays. What Moore is striving for is to get his country to innovate again. It's what has made America great, he asserts, doing just the kinds of ideas that these other countries in Europe and Northern Africa have revolutionized their own countries with. If only we were able to demand out of our government and our businesses the way that we once did back in our own heyday. There are many great things about America, but also many things that we can do better, some which we used to be the envy of the world for doing. And this is... 
the political filmmaker Michael Moore's attempt to kickstart some fresh ideas into the mix. Now, you don't have to agree with Michael Moore, and chances are you won't in many things. But this think piece is still a conversation starter, and that makes it worthwhile as a film to take in, even if you shake your head at quite a bit of it. You can love him, you can loathe him, but it's interesting to see Michael Moore offering some solutions in a sometimes brilliant, sometimes even moving, semi-documentary format. Instead of just pointing out all of the problems and telling you why America is wrong all the time and all of this other stuff, this is a much more benign form of filmmaking. Where to Invade Next, for all of the things that I just mentioned, I think is worth sticking a flag of conquest into to claim for yourself. I liked Where to Invade Next. I really enjoyed the entertainment value of it, and it gave me a lot to think about afterward. So I'm going to give it three and a half stars out of four, and three and a half stars on my scale means that I do think it is a good film. It is a documentary, but you know I always put documentary in, clo- in quotes when it comes to political films because obviously it does have a very concerted point of view, and it's not here to give you reality so much as to give you ideology and to get you to agree with, in this case, Michael Moore and his points of view. If this sounds like it's up your alley, I definitely think it's worth going out of your way to see. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the review. If you do, I encourage you to click the subscribe button if you haven't already and you continue to get all of my podcast episodes downloaded. Also, if you happen to be on iTunes or someplace else where it allows you to leave a review, I do encourage you to let other people know what you think of the show. Love it or hate it, as just as you would love or hate Michael Moore. That definitely is good word of mouth for the show. The Quipster Film Review Podcast is the name. Until next time. I hope that you enjoy your time anytime you go to the movies. And I do think that if you see where to invade next, you'll definitely have a lot to talk about, even if you disagree with it. 